Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Robin. We're really excited to go through these chapters and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we are discussing Chapter 5 of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, The Whomping Willow. We have some announcements and reminders. Um, Number one, we want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts, so please feel free to tweet along with us. You can use the hashtag WizardTeam on Twitter to follow along. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be black at Hogwarts? Do you want to write about it? Well, we are working on a project called Hogwarts BSU, a collection of stories, fan art, etc., illustrating what it would be like to be a black Hogwarts student. If you would like to submit, check out the website for guidelines, blackgirlsnerdout.com. You can also email us at weblackandnerds at gmail.com. Correct. Um, if you already have questions in general. I don't know. It's probably on, that's probably on, says it on the guidelines, too. <laughs> I wrote it, but that was so long ago. Um, <laughs> do you love our blog? You love hashtag wizard team? I don't even know I said hashtag just because I felt like whatever. It doesn't matter. Love our blog? Love wizard team? Have a few extra galleons just lying around? We are now on Patreon. So you can go to um, www.patreon.com. Slash Black Girls Nerd Out. And, like, if you would like to help us out a little bit. So Just that, throw us a couple sickles or galleons, you know? You know we could use it. Yeah, if you our follow. Our Green God's Bank is, like, is, non-existent. It's our Green God's Vault is looking worse than the Weasleys right yeah. now, so. So we kind of be, like. Any help. Any help. <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you might have seen my recent tweet freak out because the rent is due, y'all. The rent is due. So, also, subscribe to our newsletter. Every week we share nerd news and links about what's been going on. If you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe. You can go to blackgirlsnerdout.com or tinyletter.com slash BGNO and get our weekly updates in your inbox. Real quick, just because, like, at this, yeah, from the last newsletter that just went out, can we just have a moment of silence for Doctor Who, real quick? All right, cool. Fuck you, BBC. Y'all, yeah, y'all. What are you doing? You know what you did. You know what you did. Um, Also, can we have a like a short round of applause for Kanye on Twitter? You have ruined my creative process. That's like the. That's a really good like. That was that was actually quote our our subject line for the newsletter this week in solidarity. BBC. Ruined our, creative ruined our creative process. Also, by honor. Literally, oh my god, my creative process is like fucked. I mean, I don't know that BBC had anything to do with it in actuality, but I'm gonna just they I'm didn't gonna help. blame them. I'm gonna blame them for it. That's totally fine. They didn't help. I don't have any regrets. And Bayana, I think you have cool pants. Hashtag Bayana has cool pants. All right. So <laughs> um, follow us at We Black and Nerds. Um, like on us on Facebook, Instagram. Tumblr. Follow us on Tumblr. I, I was trying to figure Somebody out if you follow. Us if we had a Tumblr, who was that? Oh, it was like one of my one of my homies. I was like, you guys have a Tumblr, and I was like, no. And I was like, oh wait, no, we do. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> That's I don't, Robin. I, was like, I don't pay attention to it, so I don't know. But yeah, yeah I'm all about Tumblr. Tumblr. So yes, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. Black girls nerd out. Um, okay, so really quick. So now it's February. Mm-hmm. If you like, we're not aware. So this February, we're not going to do, like, regular news um, because it's Black History Month. So we're doing, like, something a little different for the next, like, four weeks um, where we're going to spend, like, 20 minutes talking about one of the explicitly Black Hogwarts students in the books. Yes, um, and it's not only Black History Month, 
in the muggle world or the nomad world or whatever but it is also Black Wizard History Month yeah. um, on Wizard Team and in the Wizarding World. So we're not ignoring Potter news. And there's hella that there's happened. He- so much. I almost and- said hella again. So <laughs> much came out. And y'all know uh, we have been talking about it a little bit. Bayana's been super busy this weekend. She's actually... Um, I just like left my job to come do this because it was like an emergency like we are this is an emergency this is a this is an emergency with your team recording recording <laughs> this is an emergency we did, this already. we did this already in order to not do this and then we had, we had to, to do, do it this. again it's totally fine uh because um, garage band hates me yeah but anyway we are not ignoring the news uh we recognize that there has been more a news shitload of shit, shit, load of shit <laughs> came <laughs> down especially about the wizarding schools we will have a bonus episode for you because for wizard team we think it is important to take some time out to, you know, acknowledge some of our explicitly black Hogwarts characters. That, and then also, like, even if we did put that into the news, it would take up the, like, it would, it's a, it it's would a, take up the whole thing. So it's just another, like, Pottermore edition, like how we did when they, like, rebooted Pottermore. It's like a similar thing, because, like, yeah. we already know ourselves, and we're going to, there's, like, <laughs> we put feeling. a lot of content on there at once. Plus, Robin has not been sorted, and we're going to talk about the sorting nope. between, like, my thing. We wouldn't nope. talk about it now, but not doing it. It's a thing that's gonna happen. It's, um, it's not happening. So we have like a bonus episode that's like planned, and it'll probably come out in a couple days, actually, from when y'all are listening right now. But, yes. Um. um so, so we're not ignoring it. We're not. Pottermore is a thing, but right now, instead, we're gonna deal with deal with. We're gonna celebrate Black, Black Wizarding History Month. Wizarding History Month, and today. So each, this month, we will spend about 20 minutes talking about one of the explicitly black characters in the books. Today, we will start talking about Lee Jordan. Um, so we're going to do 20 minutes, like, on the dot, pretty much. So I'm going to set my alarm. She's getting um, real, real with it. She's super strict. I'm going to get on MuggleNet because... I'm also on... Oh, I'm, um, on the wiki. I'm on the wiki. The wiki, yeah. That's what I was on last um, time, too. What time is it? Okay. It is... I, I see it. Yeah. It's cool. Um... Alright, yeah, so we're gonna talk about Lee Jordan. Alright, I am sorry, this is like I should have queued this up before, but actually how would I know to do this? Um You should have known to do this. Never mind, I figured it out. Okay, so Lee Jordan was born in either nineteen seventy seven or nineteen seventy eight and was a wizard, uh, who was sorted into Gryffindor and went to Hogwarts around the same time as, or during the Harry Potter years. He, this is just some quick background about who Lee is, in case y'all don't know, which you should know, because you're, you know, we're on book two now, (laughs) so you should know who Lee Jordan is. Anyway, he became best friends with Fred and George Weasley, and is also in their year, like, doing pranks with them. And he also was the Quidditch commentator during his entire Hogwarts career, or at least from his third year on when we join the wizarding world right um so those are the main oh also he's a he's either pure blood or half blood we don't have that for sure mm-hmm. he was after well he was a part of dumbledore's army yes um and then after he left hogwarts he started a radio show called potter watch so it was like pretty much like indirect like opposition it was opposition and like it was pretty much because of, like, the, you know, Voldemort rising to power and, like, Dumbledore just died and, like, all the, you know, if you haven't, like, read it, it's a spoiler every podcast, whatever. Um, Oops. Sorry. <laughs> my bad. Um, so, yeah, so, like, so basically he starts this radio show kind of, like, 
it's almost like propaganda in a way, but it's like a way to like kind of keep hope alive for people who are like terrified. I would say the, the, the way like, that the Quibbler um, was, it was not, pro- I don't think propaganda so much no. as it was a response to the propaganda of the Daily Prophet. Right. Because the Daily well, Prophet. No, but I think that propaganda is not necessarily like a bad thing. I mean, true, like, true, true, true. I, it's just like, it's it is media what it is. with a specific like. Yeah. So yes, it was, and so it was. A, it was like it was interesting. It was like going against Voldemort, and it was like a, a form of activism, while at the same time, like also, kind of remember. It was like they used it as a way to like remember. It's like to be like they had like safety tips, and it was also like a way to remember those who had like passed away and like been killed by Voldemort and like Death Eaters. And so it was like an interesting kind of like um, like resistance that he took that like really like fell in with his character and like the way that he had already been characterized is like part of it was that he was already characterized as like some like silly goofy like prankster because you know he hung out with the twins but a part another part of that was like his commentary um like for Quidditch and so he's like you know there's like the whole radio aspect of it plus like being in Gryffindor like being in Dumbledore's army so it's kind of like all of the things that he did in Hogwarts kind of like fed into him getting to this moment um, yes which is like, yeah, why I mess with him. <laughs> I, mess with I think um, also we, I we talked about this, but you guys didn't hear it because right. I deleted though. <laughs> Whatever, we won't get into that to the mess that was my life. Yes, last night. But anyway, um, Lee is very much uh, on the front lines. You would say of the resistance in the same way he kind of serves. And if you think about the people who are. Um, in the Black Lives Matter movement, there are these different kind of camps where either you are, you know, Harry Potter and the trio actively going out and hunting horror cruxes, or you're part of the Order of the Phoenix actively going out and fighting Death Eaters. Mm-hmm. But there's this other equally important side of the of the order, which is spreading information and and also giving a second giving people a second uh, perspective or a different perspective. And Lee definitely took up that mantle. One of the things that I think is really interesting as well is with Potter Watch, it was a kind of, obviously it was uh, the ministry had already fallen and mm-hmm. under Voldemort's hand. So it was kind of a pirate or it was, it was, it wasn't kind of, it was a pirate radio show. So you needed a password that would rotate every time you listen to it and they would move around and they had code names. So Lee Jordan's code name was River and it took me a long time, but I got it because Jordan, Jordan River, the River Jordan, which is also very like, he black y'all. Yay. And my last name is Jordan, which is another reason why I love Lee. (laughs) Um, But I do think beyond the characterizations of Lee, uh, during the rise of Voldemort uh, and within the earlier years of school, there isn't much known about him. Uh, We get to see his personality and his sense of humor and things as a Quidditch commentator, but he's really one of those. So I I kind of split the characters, and there's so many characters in Harry Potter. It's such a full and rich world, Mm -hmm. and we're getting even more characters coming up now, which I don't know if y'all have seen, but President Serafina Pickery, slay Serafina Slay. Gorgeous. Anywho, that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Um, 
So there are these kind of tiers of characters, right? So there are the main characters uh, who have they're like Huge. the main supporting characters, kind of. Because they, like, in terms of, like, the trio are the main... Like, yeah, so I'm saying there are the main like characters, which is, like, the trio. Yeah. And then there are these main supporting characters whose decisions and lives and their story play significantly into the plot, which mm-hmm. is the, the Weasleys, Neville, Luna, you know, the, uh, I guess, like, Dumbledore, the main Dumbledore's mm-hmm. army, the leadership of Dumbledore's army, um, as well as the teacher's who they encounter. So right. Dolores Umbridge is in. Some of the Order of the Phoenix. Some of the Order of the Phoenix, some Death Eaters. Like, mm-hmm. I would say Lucius Malfoy and Dolores Umbridge are kind of second-tier supporting characters. Uh, and then there are the surrounding characters that just mm-hmm. help to fill out the world, and I think that Lee definitely is a part of that camp. So we could and have to be this... honest, like... Yeah, to be honest, like, all the characters we're going to talk about are... In are that, in this camp, in yeah. The, yeah. In this... Which is, like, a thing to talk about, but, like... Yeah, yeah. so, um, and it's a... They fill out the world, but we could also have the exact same story without Lee. The same way that, like, within... Which you see in the movies, mm-hmm. right? Lee is very... He's... His whole, I mean, his whole character is, like, not even really... He's very one-dimensional in the movies. He looks like he's Harry's age, which made no sense to me, but fine. None at all. Um, But also, shout out to the actor, because he then went on to be Magneto, or not Magneto, Magnum in community pop pop oh, okay. um Bionna's looking at me just blankly but anyway you went to Magneto so I was in yeah because like... it wasn't Magneto it's Magnum <laughs> pop pop okay pop pop anyway so uh we're on the timer so we you could take Lee out and still get the same story but his inclusion really helps to fill out the world and I want to also get into the point of when you um talk about explicitly black. So mm-hmm. here is his in uh, Sorcerer's Stone. Yes. Um, his descript- he's described as a boy with dreadlocks was surrounded by a small crowd. Give us a look, Lee, because he was holding this big tarantula. Mm-hmm. So dreadlocks, I mean, he could be some weird hippie with, you know, white dreads, but... But I, like, no. make it a point in my life to, like, reject those people. Like, they don't take, you know what I mean? Like, True. And he's also, exist, so. he's also described as, like, <laughs> brown skin and mm-hmm. um, I mean I can go down f- into after physical appearance Lee was described as a black boy with black hair and dreadlocks and his hand was also presumably scarred by Dolores Umbridge's blood quill during her terrible high inquisitor moment mm-hmm. so that's like the physical appearance that we get of Lee so he was explicitly black I also take from Lee's the the Lee's commentating of the Quidditch games a lot of a lot of I ex- extrapolate a lot of his personality from there. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh no, totally. I think that's the main place where we like. That's really the main place where he even gets to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the lens through which we see most of the Quidditch that goes on up until like. Maybe the world, like the World Cup for sure, and then after he leaves, so like Half Blood Prince, and even then in Half Blood Prince, and you get to see like how much of like even just Quidditch is lacking because he's no longer there. Um, but it's definitely like 
Yeah, that's like pretty much where you see his personality and like he's similar to Fred and George, but he still has his own like humor and his own like thing going on. Um, so I feel like I feel like a lot of it when he's when it's not it's he's always connected to something. So he's either connected to Quidditch or he's connected to the twins. Um, mm-hmm. And so you don't really see him on his own very often, um, which is fine, I guess. I don't know. I kind of. I, I just I have a thing like when we were go when we decided to have this idea for like to do like Black Wizard History Month or whatever like and thinking about all of the explicitly black characters in the book and there are five and four mm-hmm. of them are and only and four of them are hog are in Hogwarts um, only one is a girl um, so it's just like a really like but what about so Alicia Spinnett isn't explicitly black she's no. explicitly P- POC right because she? she's got brown skin yeah that is, is she? that's um, but was that, can, like, the description written somewhere is what I'm not sure. Like, I know how they casted her in the movies, but I'm not No, sure she was described that way. Okay. I can, like, pull it up or something, but... I'm not... I just can't remember. Yeah. I always kind of thought Alicia was, but I, like, didn't know where I got that from. But that's also something that's but kind like, of been bothering me, and this... It, it even goes into this whole Oscar so white thing, which is, obviously, we come at it from a black lens because that's who we are. Um... But also, like, other people of but, color. And no, no, no. And I'm not even saying, like, if she's not... Because, obviously, like, if you want to expand to people of color, um, we have Cho, and we have the Patels. <laughs> yeah. And we have... There's still not enough. That's um, Like, yeah. I'm still... At that mm-hmm. point, that's eight. Yeah. So I'm trying to even think, like, more than that. Like, and obviously we have their parents, but that doesn't count because it's not like we ever see them. Yeah. Um... Do we have any? Are there even any adults like other than Kingsley? Is what I'm trying to think about the most. Like, real. It's a really small like thing, and that's on. That's not even double digits. And maybe yeah. there are like a couple more. And if any of you guys like think of any, then like you know, correct me. But there are not like there aren't a lot at all in terms of like mm-hmm. explicit and like obviously like we talked about like we were super juiced like her um, when. Hermione was cast as, like, a black woman or whatever, but it's, like, that's not necessarily... And, like, we talk about this, and, like, I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the bonus. Connie episode. actually has a really great article, Constar, at Constar 24, mm-hmm. about the need for explicitness as well. So there exactly. Is this... So it's just, like, and I think, like, I wrote about it, and you probably wrote about it, and, mm-hmm. like, it's in, um... And like, we kind of talked about it with Hermione, but not so much, because we were just so fucking juiced, because that <laughs> was, like, fucking a lot of validation in our lives. But, like, it... It's difficult when, like, you can say, okay, there are more people of color in Hogwarts, but if you don't actually see them, then, like, what does that do for you? Like, you get a lot of people who you know for a fact, and, like, in Harry Potter, there are a lot that you, there are a lot of people you know who are white, for sure. Yeah. You know they're white. And there are some that you don't, and, like, again, we talk, we can talk about, like, you know, the assumption that they're white or whatever, but there are a lot that we definitely know are white, and there are eight that we know aren't. <laughs> so there's a lot in between that that's problematic and, and I like, think also, as much as ration like you know that's not the most that's not always the most important descriptor so for like Hermione the most important descriptor for her is the fact that she's like ridiculously smart but at the same time it's like in a world where or in a society where like race matters in a world. no matter how like <laughs> in the world um, <laughs> no matter how like um, not how much we would love for that to not, and no matter how like arbitrary race is and how much we would love for that to not be a factor, it's a factor. So you can't write a world where it's not a factor because no one, like, who's gonna, people put their own, like, meanings and their own, like, 
socialization onto things. I mean, even to go so far as um, Bayana's recent post about forgotten characters in Harry Potter, and she had this throwaway line about Hermione being black, and then... Like oh, yeah. we got was like, two comments on the thing, Amani, Heron, and then some girl who comes out of nowhere in her this entire article, which has nothing really to do. There's this one line. It really it's in parentheses. In like, parentheses, it's almost the smallest throwaway line. Like it's not throwaway to me, obviously, because I put it in there, and like <laughs> I will put Hermione is black anywhere, any chance I get. But like. It's the small, it, it it's not the point of the It was the not the point all. of the article at all. And I was she talking still about felt Angelina, like what the fuck? Like And she still felt compelled to be like Hermione is white. And she had I don't know this woman. I I mean, you know, she's I'm sure a very lovely person. I'm not sure, but you know, I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt. I mean, you know, but we, she had a we don't even know that we, like that we don't know the person. We don't know the person at all. We saw a name. So but her name is um the name that she gave was Asian. So I'm assuming she's Asian. And for her, like, and so it wasn't even, like, a white troll or, you know what I mean? Like, but it was still important enough for her to be, like, Hermione is white. Mm -hmm. So I I do think that those, those examples are why, like, Lee Jordan with, not only Lee Jordan as a black boy, but a black boy with dreads, which also has, like, this political bit. As someone who grew up with dreadlocks for... They're, like, I had dreadlocks from when I was 5 to 18, and, like, that was a huge part of my identity. So, like, I always messed with Lee. Like, mm-hmm. even even though we didn't see him very much, that was always a character who I met, because I was like, all right, he's someone who looks like people in my family. Yes. And I think that and there's like, something to that explicit blackness in that we see in Lee, and this... Because even, like, what he does, like, even, sorry not to interrupt you, but, like, even what he does after he leaves um, Hogwarts, it's, like, very explicit, like, that's protest is what he's that's doing. That's social justice, that's... Yeah, it's also, and he went directly into that. And, like, obviously we can talk about, like, Harry and then we're, like, tripsing up and down, like, <laughs> the, the UK looking for these horcruxes, but, like, what he did was, like, resistance, and it's, like, a way to show that, like... Yeah, he's not the chosen one, and, like, none, all these other people aren't necessarily chosen one, but they still have a stake in this, and they still, like, have things they can do that are valuable. And they, and, and I think, too, there's, um, Harry doesn't really have a choice. Like, I mean, he could just slink away and be like, I don't want any part of this and not stand up to it, but, like, Harry is thrust into this. Mm-hmm. He isn't really given... You know, like, his choices are very much limited. Like, either he just slinks away and says, like, I don't want this, and then Voldemort finds him and kills him, or, you know, whatever. Um, But Lee could, Lee has a myriad of choices, right? And we don't know, he's either pure blood or half-blood. So, um, he could have just kind of folded into Mm -hmm. the society as it was, kept his head down, whether or not he agreed with it. He put himself in danger. Mm -hmm. And and sacrifice a lot of and they're like they're like on the run like they couldn't actually like live their lives yeah they're on the run they're being hunted down they are they are they are resisting and putting themselves in danger in this way that they don't really need to be and even if we go to dean who i think we will talk about Mm -hmm. later but dean doesn't know so he also has kind of had that choice taken away from him a little bit too Mm -hmm. because like even if he is pure blood he can't or not pure blood, he's not pure, but even if he's half-blood, right. he can't um, prove it. Prove it. So he is also kind of, like, no matter what, Dean's going to have to be on the run. Mm-hmm. Or Dean's 
limited to like getting kicked out of the world or whatever they're doing, being put in Ask Man. I don't know what they were doing to Muggleborns, but it wasn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so even Dean's resistance is a little less, not. Yeah, it's a little less self-sacrificing than Lee's because Lee can prove, and Lee has this history, um, Lee's father was owed money by Ludo Bagman, like, you know, like, Lee's father or Lee's family is in the wizarding world, Mm -hmm. so his resistance is very self-sacrificing in a way that um, is admirable and laudable, and so, yeah, I fucks with Lee. Yeah. I I always have. Yeah. And he doesn't, and even still, like, there are some really funny Potter Watch moments where... He keeps his sense of humor on the run. He keeps his... He doesn't let... Yeah. It's literally what it is. It's literally what it is. Black joy. Like... Black excellence to Lee Jordan. So... To Lee, man. Yeah. No, like, it's just, like... I don't know. It'd be awesome to learn more about... I feel like it's, like, with all these characters, it'd be awesome to learn more about, like, their history or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we're having, I think, like, for this, like, a lot of what we're going to be talking about is just stuff that's in the books and, like... I mean, Dean, we have a little bit extra, but everything else, everyone else is just kind of like... We only know so much. I mean, I think I had this headcanon. Yeah, I should give up my headcanon, which I I talked about last time, but... Nobody heard that. Nobody heard it. So, I... It's like two minutes, so... Yeah, okay, so this is my good headcanon. If you guys want to accept it, I think you should, because my headcanon game is just great. (laughs) Anyway, um, Lee fucks with Fred and George, and he's friends with them. But Lee also has a crush on Angelina. And he's got this whole thing planned out. Like, he's going to, like, ask her to the Yule Ball, like, during, like... He's going to, like, do it big, you know what I mean? Like, on air or something, you know, there isn't Quidditch, but, you know, he's still got... He's going to do something big, and he's sitting at the lunch table, and then Fred's like, Oi! Angelina! Want to go to the Yule Ball with me? And she's like, yeah! And he's like, God! Damn it! <laughs> so, Lee didn't get to shoot his shot 1996. Mm, four. Four. I hate you and your memory, but anyway. Um, Lee did not get to shoot his shot 1994. Well, this is really actually but, really easy because it was, like, before 1994 or 5, the 5 starts in, like, the year that it... Oh. Yeah, it's, like, not even, like, a... It's, like, a really easy... I didn't even notice that, but yeah. all right. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> that's the only reason I, like, remember <laughs> the dates or whatever, but... Sweet. Yeah, yeah so, um, that's my headcanon, um, that he... You know, he kind of wanted to get up with Angelina, yeah, but... and then, and then after events occurred, then, like, she got with George, and so... But George and Angelina got together through shared heartbreak that grew out of love. Yeah. Our gr- love grew out of shared heartbreak, right. and... But yeah. I'm just saying, like, Lee still didn't get to shoot his yeah, shot. Yeah, Lee still didn't get to shoot his shot 1997. Yeah. Poor Lee. Or, like, probably a little bit after that. A little bit after, yeah, like, 98 or something. You can't just be, like, hopping yeah, on your girl. Like, you're you're your boy's ex-bang. Yeah. Like, that would be like, Yeah, that's just not cool. That's we don't really get any other um, mention of Lee, like we said, but... Oh. oh. And time's up, but, yeah. Um, so here's to Black History it. Month. Here's to you. Um, yeah. Lee Jordan. Thank you. So, um, next week, well, we'll have our bonus episode where we talk about, like, news and shit. Um, but <laughs> next week, <laughs> we are going to talk about Blaze Zabini. Bay um, Zabini? Bay's, isn't that what we said, like, yeah. the last time that nobody heard it? 
We probably should have left it there because I'm yeah. not that clever, but it's all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure I was the one who said it too, but like, it's not clever. It's totally fine. It's fine. Um, I'm cool with it. I'm gonna own it. Um, <laughs> so we'll, so yeah. we will talk about Blaze next week, but now it is time to get into the Whopping Willow. Whomping. Don't know where I put my book. Oh, here it is. Chapter five. And I'm like, let me <laughs> let me open. Uh, let let us open our hymnals. Right. Let's um, get my phone out with my notes. So where we left off. Wow. So previously on Wizard Team, it was. <laughs> now it's been so long since I read chapter four. So now I'm like, I really don't. Fuck. Okay. Um, <laughs> like before, I was like, oh yeah, I know. Oh, it was just them, like, they came back from Flourish and Blocks. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, okay, we're good, we're good. I was going to go for this part so you Sorry, could catch no, up. Sorry, no, go ahead. Okay. I'm totally You want to grab the book in my, the other book? No? Oh, you got your notes. Okay. I got my notes. Okay. I'm prepared. <laughs> so. Out, real quick, shout out to my mom um, for sending me pictures of my notes um, <laughs> in my book. You're a real one. You're not going to listen to this, but you're a real one. Yeah, she is, yeah. she's also just the best in general. Yeah. Um, she was my aunt before she was her mom, but, um, you know, whatever. She still birthed me, so. Like I mean, she had she had experience. random Mexicans. Yell, <laughs> she had random Mexicans yelling at her that she stole me. So there's that. Did you hear that story? No. Yeah, they were like, "Why do you have that Mexican baby?" And she was like, "Uh." <laughs> That's so funny. Not a Mexican baby, right? My little niece. <laughs> but thank you, sir. Anyway, yeah. I got darker. Intense. Okay. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so. We, at the the end of summer vacation, came too quickly for Harry's liking. He was looking forward to getting back to Hogwarts, but his month at the borough had been the happiest of his life. It was difficult not to feel jealous of Ron when he thought of the Dursleys and the sort of welcome he could expect next time he turned up on Privet Drive. So this was also an example of the privilege divide that happens between Ron and Harry. And I think I said at one point, I don't remember if, now if it you ever heard it or not but um i think i said that there is this kind of explicitly male thing but also this like silent calculation of or adding up of privilege Mm -hmm. that i think ends up harming their relationship in at later on because harry feels this way about ron's family life and you know, how great the borough is and how great the Weasleys are as a family unit. And he doesn't really explicitly explain that to Ron. Um, and Ron feels this way about Harry's, you know, financial privilege and fame and things that he never really explains to Harry. I mean, like, sitting down and, like, sharing of feelings in a very, like, healthy way. Right. So then all of these things kind of come up when they get upset with each other. Exactly. They, like, lash out at each other with these, like, like, things that they, they've been clocking and mm-hmm. adding up and, like... It's, I, like, all the things they've just kind of, like... It's just all built up. Yeah. And then it's, like, one thing happens. And I think, like, the main... The first time is Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. And I think, yeah, I think there's, like, a whole big deal about it. Because Harry's, like, shit, this is, like, the first time I've really had, like, a fight with Ron. Um, and it's just, like, this... Both of them not totally acknowledging, like, the privilege that they have. And, like, I think their relationship is so complicated because of the way that, like, they're... Pri- I mean, obviously, you know, in like, just in life, like, it, there's no... It's not, like, oppression Olympics. So it's mm-hmm. not, like one oppression is, like, more important than another. And I think in certain moments, one can be. Yeah. Like, one stands out more. As in, like, if you're, in, if you're in the Triwizard Tournament, 
um, it's not the best time to bring up how he wants fame because right. he's trying to you know stay alive. Right. But, but that also, is a valid. There's like a moment where like in the last chapter where they go into Green Gods yeah. and like Harry physically sees how much money, literally how much money the Weasleys have as a unit versus how much money he has as one person. Um, and then there's moments like in Sorcerer's Stone, um, throwing it back a little bit more where mm-hmm. they. Um, like at Christmas when like Harry's surrounded by all of, ha- of Ron's family and he's feeling really isolated and then he goes to the mayor of Eris and he sees his family and he's like shit that's not real so it's just like a whole it's like two things and sometimes and they clash because both of them obviously can only see it's really difficult to confront your privilege especially when you're also experiencing like your oppression at the same like at, at the, literally at the, the same, same time. time um so and this is also a thing that happens I think m- with Everyone, these mm-hmm. these books are so human. Even though we're talking about magic and everything, but um, especially I think with boys, is that they. I, I think it it's more important sometimes to just say, "Hey, you know, Ron, this has been the best month ever, and I'm so kind of I'm jealous of the fact that you have this, mm-hmm. so that Ron is okay, you know, and like they can have this honest moment when there isn't any conflict." Because they never do that, and I guess because also that doesn't make a good plot. Right. <laughs> plot. Exactly. Um, but because like, they... We're going to have a really healthy relationship and just talk about all of our problems here for this whole chapter. Yeah. Like, Harry Potter and the, like, healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> like, Harry Potter and the... And talking about our feelings. And, and talking about it. resolution. Like, <laughs> yes. Um, but because they don't do that... Um, like you said, it, it when it does show up, it lashes out. And then when I think we get these times where it's mostly, it feels like it's mostly Ron that lashes out at Harry, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll see. But even Harry gets like, I think that. But Harry isn't, he, Harry gets very stubborn because. Yeah, and he's like, he he's defensive. He gets defensive. Mm-hmm. And it's not just because Harry doesn't want to acknowledge his privilege because I think Harry does acknowledge his financial privilege to a certain extent. To the, I think it's more like it, the it's, fame more than the, like the money. Yeah. So I think if somebody was like, you have like, if Ron would be like, dude, like you have more money than me and this is ridiculous and he's like, yeah. I think there's a moment in Goblet of Fire um, and I think it's after they um, make up when mm-hmm. Ron gets upset because the, Harry didn't notice about the leprechaun gold. Yeah. And like, and obviously we'll talk about this but that's going to be like in a year so <laughs> whatever. Um, and he's like, well you, you're so rich like you didn't even notice, notice it was gone. And Harry's like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, but he's also like... I mean, it's, and, it's, and it's different. I'm only saying that because it's different from when Ron is like, you're getting all this fame. And Harry's like, dude, I don't even want this. Like, <laughs> fuck, take the fame. Yeah. So throws a badge <laughs> in his forehead. Like, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like a different thing. It's, and I, you know, some privileges are more uncomfortable than others. Or like some are so obvious that it's really easy to acknowledge versus others where you're like, wait, huh? Like, how was this a privilege? Well, and it's also because... And fame is also The fame is also a subjective privilege, right? Mm -hmm. Because to Ron, that's important. To Harry, that's not. And I think Molly tries to, early on, like, the first time we see Molly, tries to explain in her own way, like, he never asked for this fame. Right. He, and his fame, again, is tied to trauma. So every time you guys want to be like, oh, it's Harry Potter, how cool, you have to also acknowledge the fact that every time you do that, 
you're triggering trauma to him. Right. You know, it's not like, but he's not like, is it connected to like him? He was not like some like, he's some, not Victor Crumb. Or like, he's, or like Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah. He like didn't come up like, this is awesome. It's like, no, like he had no choice in the matter and he would much rather not be famous with his family than be famous without them. And I think as much as Molly tries to explain that and instill that in them, Ron does not get it or easily forgets it when he is confronted with the idea that he is uh, just when he's confronted with the idea that he's been relegated to like Harry Potter's sidekick. Right. Um, so <clears throat> all of that from the first paragraph. Right, just one paragraph. So it's much. It's really like three sentences, but you know. So much. Um, you get so on Wizard Team if on, you didn't know. If you weren't aware, aware, we get deep, deep into it. So on the last evening, Miss Weasley conjured up a sumptuous dinner that included all of Harry's favorite things, ending with mouthwatering treacle pudding. Another thing I think, too, that is hard for Harry, or at least hard for me. I'm not going to put this on Harry. Hard for me with the money thing is like, Ron, you ain't starving. Right. Like, Miss Weasley be putting it down. I'm like, yeah, you don't have the coolest clothes. I get, I mean, I, I, I have to remember that that is a big deal when you're I mean, 12 and 13. That, and it's also, like, having to share with, like, a hell of people. Yeah. And, like, having the, you know, there's, like, a whole, I think. Yeah, you get hand-me-down clothes, you I have hand-me-down that, books, but, but. I think that, like, in, like, I think, and we talked about this in the bonus, last, the last bonus episode that we actually <laughs> planned. Um, it, what, I mean, I guess now this other one is going to be planned, too, but whatever. Um. We talk about how, like, they're, wow, now I'm about to sound, like, really, I was, like, in a, like, day full of trainings, so I'm about to sound, like, real, like, smart, um, but, like, their currency is love. Yes. Um, it's not, um, and, like, sometimes, you know, I mean, that's, that's a difficult thing to put more value on than money when you, like, need money to live. And when you're in a, um, and when you're surrounded by and in a society that puts. Doesn't, right, that puts that first, that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily, like, sure, values love on, like, a superficial level and it's like yeah I love my family but that's not like the most important thing like you're not on um, wizard Instagram being like look at me and my family unless your family is Michael Bay Jordan in which case like please share just share that wealth man I, thank you how are they all that fine <laughs> it doesn't make any sense all of them how all of them you grandpa know? how does that work the baby how that work Okay, well, not say the baby. That's. I mean, the baby. I mean, yes, but no. The baby is. I'm not like not fine, <laughs> no, but the baby is adorable. Yeah. Like all grandpa yeah. fine, baby adorable. It's, just, it's like, just how does how does this work? It's like the haggard half giant thing. How? How? But what but, I'm like, saying, in a, yeah, in a more palatable way, in a way that I appreciate much more than like the haggard half giant. <laughs> true, true. But it's just mysteries of the mysteries of the universe. So, yeah, you're not on wizard Instagram like. Look at my roll dog. Look at my team, my squad, mm-hmm. and our hand me downs. Like you know what I mean. You're on Wizard Instagram, flaunting your new Nimbus two thousand or your clean. Your not the old clean sweep. You know. So, right. um, but that's my thing. I don't know if that's Harry's thing. I should also say that I like what to. What do you believe. mean about? Oh yeah, no. I think that Harry. It's like I think that it's clear to Harry that they don't have money, and like I think that. The thing is... No, I think I'm in saying... In terms of, like... Because they always have enough food. That's what I'm saying. So it's never gotten to the point where they're, like... They're it, not the Gaunts, is what I'm saying. Right, like, they're not, they're like... Not. You know, and the Gaunts are... The oh, Gaunts remind me so life. much. I just put this in my head. Like, dude, if you haven't seen Grey Gardens, you guys should all watch Grey Gardens. But it is this documentary about... Um, 
they are related to the Kennedys, and I think they're Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis's like cousins and like are family. Mm-hmm. And obviously, Jackie Kennedy didn't come from like nothing before she married JFK. Like they had money, mm-hmm. but they're literally um, they are in poverty, living in this like man this mansion that's falling down eating canned food but they hold on to their name right and they like talk about like the jfk and there's like little edie who's amazing like you should watch it's a it's a it's a very sad but very like interesting documentary Mm -hmm. in this case of like you you have this name and you are i mean you know america doesn't we don't have royals royalty but we do have these like families of you know like the american royals Mm -hmm. basically and what happens when you still have the name but you don't have the money or the means anymore so it's all it's i I just put that together but like i might that might be a post actually stay tuned table that that. but um yeah so the weasleys are not the gaunts Mm -hmm. and so to me this is what i'm saying this is the difference between how i feel about ron and how what we know of how Harry feels about Ron, it gets to this point of, sure, you can be jealous that I have money in a way that you don't, but I'm not, but you're not starving and I am not flaunting my money in your face. And I do what I can to share my wealth without, but also you have this toxic masculinity complex of feeling like I don't need your charity Right. But also, you're the only one that's worried about the money. So right. you can't have it both ways, right? Like, either you want to, like, ball out of control with me and then just, like, be my, like, you know, be my side dude or what my, what, my role dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, sharing the wealth with me. Or don't get, take my charity, but then leave me, like... You know, like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's only so much I can do for right. you there. So that, I think, is where I'm trying to say, like, my opinions about it are probably go deeper than what we know about Harry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put that on Harry. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. All A right. picture of Aminata just came up on my computer, and it's adorable. Um, that was one more sentence. So, um, <laughs> to basically... <laughs> Let's get off this page. Let's get off this page. So basically, they like have a little party before they go to sleep and get ready for bed. Um, it took a long while to get started the next morning. Um, they were up at dawn, but somehow they still seemed to have a great deal to do. So this part, like, I really kind of like identify with this a lot. I'm going to read it yeah. first, and then we'll talk about why. But um, so Mrs. Weasley dashed about in a bad mood looking for spare socks and quills. People kept colliding on stairs, half-dressed with bits of toast in their hands, and Mr. Weasley ne- nearly broke his neck, tripping over a stray chicken as he crossed the yard, carrying Jenny's chunk to the car. Um, er- Harry couldn't see how eight people, six large chunks, two owls, and a rat were going to fit into one small Ford Anglia. Um, he had reckoned, of course, there was without the special features that Mr. Weasley had added. Not a word to Molly. Um, and so basically, like, the car is magically expanded, which is, like, the best thing ever, and I wish my, I had a car that was magically expanded. Um, yeah. I wish I had a lot of things, mostly, like, a bag. I need Hermione's, um... Bag. Bag. Um, or, uh... But, like, actually, and not the, like, fake-ass shit they try to show us, because, like, oh, look at the design, like, is it 
Does there is there an undetectable extension charm in there? No, then I don't want it. Why would I want that? Sorry. They like sell like her bag. I feel like it's all. Oh. Like, I feel like it's all, like, <laughs> sorry, I just got really pissed for like no, I was, like no context. I was like, are you talking about like bags when you go shopping? Like, <laughs> like her bag, like from yes. the movie. Yes. Yes, they sell and they, it like, on kind the. Of sell it on what isn't it on like the air, airplane? What's it? What's that called? Sky Mall. Um, okay, it's also on my from the Harry Potter shop, yeah, the Universal Studios like, one. I'm just like you're selling this, but it doesn't have like the thing that makes it the most useful. Like it's cute, I guess, but like it I don't want that. I can't. It don't hold it. shit. So it's cute and tiny. What's the point? I can't put all my books in here. Why? Then what am I? What's the point? Um. um yeah. So. so. Um. So anyway. Um. Mrs. Weasley glances into the back seat where Harry, Ron, Fred, George, and Percy were all sitting comfortably side by side and said, Muggles do know more than we give them credit for, don't they? I mean, you never know it was this roomy from the outside, would you? But I just love how, like, clueless she is. Like, I like the differences in, like, how they all, like, all of their relationships with Muggles. Like, Arthur is super fascinated by them and, like... They're all very, like, tolerant and, like, not bigoted towards muggles. And then Miss Lucy's, like, totally clueless, though. Like, oh, it's so cool. It's just, like, magic. But, like. Yeah. So, for for Molly, it's, like, she obviously thinks muggles should be treated the same as anyone else. They are human beings, so they deserve, you know, respect and everything. But she also, like, like, she's busy. Like, right. I don't yeah, got time also, like, to be thinking about, like... And learning about their lives. Learning like, about, like, how how muggles get shit I done, because I gotta now. get shit done. I wonder what she does now that, like, all her kids are in Hogwarts. I bet you she just chilling. Man. I bet you she I sleeps would. until, like, 8, I would. 9 p.m. or a.m. like, retirement or something. And then, like, <laughs> to, like, she, like, feeds the chickens and, you know, right, does... I mean, ta- like, you know, chores and stuff. I mean, like, yeah. they do have, like, gnomes and shit, but, like... Yeah, and, but I'm sure she's like her and Arthur probably just like well I wasn't gonna say that and then I was there might like, be another Weasley coming another soon thing happening as well Which but I was makes, just saying yeah. they also probably just like in like a totally like children's book way they probably just like kick back and like oh yeah like, watching TV right listening listen to, to Celeste in a roar bag you know she's probably like doing all of these things that she wanted to do but didn't have any time for mm-hmm. because Molly is also I wonder if she's like trying to write a book I know I actually had that thought. You know what yeah. I mean? Because she's like, mom's a wizard with household spells. So, like, I think Ron says that at one point. Mm-hmm. Mom, Molly. Molly's a wizard with household spells. She feels like my mom. Right. My wizarding mom. She's my yeah, wizarding so mother-in-law. Like she, her chores to take, like, a cool, like, like five minutes. Yeah. Flick her wand. Yeah. Flick her, flick her wrist. A flick of the wrist. And then, um, she's like, chillin'. Yeah. A little hot cocoa. Some, <laughs> you know. Loving it. Go so and then, stroll in the in the paddock with the the apple orchards and shit. Yeah, right. I bet you they play like one on one Quidditch, just like kicking oh, that would it. Would be so cute. So adorable. Please someone write that. Oh my goodness. Fanfic. That would be adorable. Molly um, versus Arthur, one on one, talking ish over in the paddock, uh, playing Quidditch. So I'm like the tiny, I'm like the like slow ass broomsticks, uh, <laughs> like the butterflies, and it doesn't matter because they love matter. each other and they're just having fun. They're just and their kids are gone, like in yeah. Hogwarts. Oh. oh. Okay, seriously, one page. Um, So, Mr. Weasley started up the engine, and Harry turned around for one last look at the house. He barely had time to wonder when he'd see it again when they were back. George had forgotten his box of filibuster fireworks. Five minutes after that, they skidded to a halt, so Fred could run in for his broomstick. They had almost reached the highway when Jenny shrieked that she'd left her diary. Leave it, Jenny! Don't leave it! Don't do it! By the time um, she had clambered back in the car, they were running very late and tempers were running high. Yes. One so, to two things. Okay. One, 
George, you forgot your fireworks? I think that's a sign. You shouldn't be having fireworks at school. No, you shouldn't be. Why are they going back for his fireworks? They're white. I hope they... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Woo! Woo! Never mind. Um... My mom would be I so can't. like, nah, bro. Yeah, it seriously. Wasn't meant to be. It wasn't. Why did you even think you could bring yeah. him in the first place? Why did you even I didn't notice, but now you brought it up. No. Yeah. Now that you brought it up. Now that you're like, oh, we gotta go back for my fireworks. Fuck that. No. Um, I think also, um, the thing that I identify the most with this is like growing up with like siblings. I mean, obviously, I didn't have. How many siblings does Ron have? Like six? I didn't have that many siblings. I grew up with two, and then like Ami came around by the time we were like. Y'all were grown. But you grown. still have this long still, commute. Exactly. We still, and you all have all your well, extra things. Well, long commute wasn't as long as like, it is now. Yeah. But it kind of was because I was like, we were in East Oakland and school was in Berkeley. But um, it was a lot more of just like, we all had all the shit. And like and activities and, and activity, post-activities. Exactly. So it's like, it's like we, leaving the house, we had to plan for the entire day. It was like, it's it's 7.30. Um, we all leave the house, but we're not going to get home until maybe like 8. Because there's like school and then there's sports and then there's like extracurriculars and internships and like hella other shit plus on top of that there was only one year where like all through like the three of us like my me my brother and my sister went to the same school um and every other time it was like two of us were one were in the same school and one wasn't um so it was like me and my brother and then my sister was by herself and then it'd be like me by myself and then my brother and sister were together and then it would just like go my brother would like go back and forth because he's in the middle but it was just like Hella like multiple drop offs. <laughs> this is and, so like, what's so funny. So it's just like you can't and then like shit. Like my dad is notorious for like doing like doing shit like making smoothies right when you're supposed you got to, to go. He's yeah. Like, oh, let me just you know put this thing together and we're like, but <laughs> you actually have to be at school right now. But um, so it's just like it's a lot like when you have like a family that's like especially with kids all around the same age and they all have different things. They all have to like get to places, especially in the morning. It just becomes like this chaotic ass shit. Um, I was really laughing when you were talking about this because I only have one brother, which I mean, two kids versus three kids doesn't seem like that much, but then our age difference was such that we were never in the same school at the same time, except for elementary school. And that was literally a year. (laughs) Um, And at that time I was like, just starting or I think I was in third grade when my brother was in sixth grade so it was like his last year of elementary school was like the last time that we were in the same school because Mm -hmm. in San Diego when so we moved um not that y'all need to know my entire life story or whatever but we moved to Anaheim and that's when we went to the same school because we or we went to I don't know I don't know how it worked I was I was in third grade I don't remember (laughs) that shit so anyway so my mom would drop us off and then we would take the bus back and my brother had to wait for me and I was always late. I would always get distracted by like, I don't know, butterflies, some shit, I don't know. And he would always get mad at me and whatever. But that was one year and he was like legit older than me and was the one in charge, right? So it wasn't like my mom really had to worry because he was in sixth grade. So it was like, just make sure your sister gets on the bus with mm-hmm. you and then she gets home and then I'm home and like, you know, right, he, she sick. takes over. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't even like a big thing. Like we didn't really have cell phones or anything back like in elementary school, obviously. And then in high school, my brother had a car when I was in junior high. And so it was always a thing. I would miss the bus. He would come pick me up. I would forget my lunch. He would drop, he would come bring me lunch. Mm-hmm. But like he had a car. He was like fully formed. Right. 
like, you know, I mean, he wasn't an adult, but he was like 16, 17. Like, yeah, he was independent. And so then he was taking care of me. Mm -hmm. And my mom was just like, just make sure she doesn't die. And then when she gets home, I got this, Mm -hmm. you know, or my parents, that's what my parents thing was. And so it's really funny hearing you guys be like, okay, we need to figure out all this stuff. We need to figure out all this stuff. And I'm thinking like, I was so charmed because I would just so many times I forgot my shoes for basketball practice. Like, it was a thing. And my brother would, like, my shoes or a sports bra. It was always something that, like, you couldn't, I could not yeah, you couldn't play, play. Like, without, yeah. So, my brother would be like, how? How right. sway? Like, we didn't even have how sway then, right. but he would just be like, I'm sorry, you forgot your shoes? Right. And like, yeah, I forgot my shoes. <laughs> can, you, can you get rid of my shoes, please? <laughs> So how did you forget your shoes? Right. I, no, just they forgot my shoes. Right. <laughs> like, are you, are you gonna bring them, or right. am I gonna have to like mispractice? Mm-hmm. So, and there was this like it, this rhythm that we got into where it was like. I literally would just call mom's busy, call dad, dad's not back from work yet, call Brandon, Brandon would get it for me, or call mom, mom's got it, don't have to call the other two, you know what I mean, like, I would just work my way through the list of people that could take care of me, Right. and if my brother had anything, I'm sure he worked his way, well, his list was shorter, as mom or dad, and I was just like, hey, (laughs) sucks for you, can you bring me some McDonald's, you know, like, or whatever, Um, so, yeah, it's just really funny, because I was always like, oh, it seemed like there were so many of you, but there weren't. It's just that y'all were all packed into this small window of time. Same. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, and like, if, if my brother hadn't like been born, <laughs> that's like a weird thought, but like, then it, we would have had a similar, because my sister and I are like five years apart, so it yeah. would have been a similar thing. And then we kind of have that, but like, not really, because we have like Obasi in the middle, and so it's just like, we all kind of. <laughs> or together um, yeah not anymore obviously but like but even now when you think about now, like with still, Aminata it's like she just gets taken care of right it's like exactly. goes to mom mom's busy then she goes to Bayana Bayana's busy go to Akira or you know Robin or, right. or Obasi you know what I mean she's just, she's just like, taken care of she doesn't have to even think about it mm-hmm. which is kind of cool kind of what Ginny little bit has right. but not to the same extent because Ginny is only Ginny and Ron are only a year apart right. so they're basically in the same it's boat. It's still the same, like, it was, when there's more than one, then there's, like, <laughs> you don't have as many privileges. Yeah, yeah. And there's more than one in, like, a short, like, in a And we're in this, time. we're in this Fort Angela and Anglia with Percy, Fred, George, Ron, Jenny, that's five Weasley kids, plus Harry. That's six. Six kids. And then, kids. that's so many kids. <laughs> and, like, and then also, like, you have to, like, also, can we just shout out the Weasleys? I know we shout out the Weasleys a lot, but they have five kids that are trying to get to Hogwarts. And Ron is like, oh, but my bestie is not being treated well. And they're right. like, well. Bring them in. Bring them in. What's one more at this point, right? right? Like That's real. But also, like, one more is a, like, is a, a thing. <laughs> and, like, Harry tries to be, like, real kind of, like, like... inconspicuous yeah, or whatever, but... Like, he's aware of that, but it's still, like, you gotta feed him. You gotta make sure he's, like, cool. Is he ready? Is he, is he, does he have all his stuff? Like, even yeah. though he, like, brings in his own, it's not like they have to pay for him. I mean, they do kind of, like, food, but, like, in, in terms of, like, they go to, like, uh, what's called Diagon Alley. They don't have to, like, buy his mm-hmm. stuff. So it's a little bit less, but, less, but it's still like, I gotta make sure this kid is safe. And we gotta get his stuff back. Exactly. <laughs> and that shit is like, dra- like I just know just from watching Ami, and I am not like responsible for her full time. That shit is draining as fuck. Oh my god, I watch Ami two, three hours, I'm done for the rest of the day. If I am watching Ami for three or more hours, 
don't ask me to do shit after she's gone because mm-hmm. I'm asleep. Yeah. Or just like luxuriating in silence, mm-hmm. not moving. I'm done. Yeah. Just in awe of my auntie all the time. <laughs> like you do this every day and then you wake up and she's still there. Yeah. And you know her. She's like, what are we doing? What's going on? Hey, how's it going? We well, should wake up. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hungry. I want to watch Happily Ever After. I want to play a game. Do you want to, can I get my wheat frog? Can I, I'm like, dude. Did you, you charge? self sustaining human already? Did you like, charge my leapfrog? You know what I can do? No, but you can't though because I have to do it too. Mm-hmm. But you know what I can do? I don't want to stay. I don't want to sleep anymore. Wake up! Wake up! You gotta come. <laughs> we have pie. Oh my god! I'm kind of glad you guys like missed like we deleted last episode because I realized that like the last half of it was her keep coming into my room telling me about pie and I was like, dude, I'm like trying to record. Like pie is cool. I actually had already eaten my pie with some talenti. It was delicious. And I was like, so I don't need it. And then she's just like, we have pie. You should come get pie. And then like two seconds later, we don't have any more pie. I'm like, I'm totally fine with this. Like, you don't have to update me on your life. It's cool. We can talk about she's got later. things to say. Okay, that was only the second page. So we're going to yeah, like, we're, we're, so we're Yeah, okay, so. Okay. <laughs> um, so they're like running late just you know so they so get to you guys all got like confused yeah by, like, so they're so they get to king's um, cross at a quarter to oh, 11 wait, they um real quick mr weasley is like you know kind of testy so he's like glancing at his watch and so he's trying to convince molly to let them like fly to molly king's dear um, no arthur no one would see the little but the this little button here is an invisibility booster I installed. That'd get us up in the air. Then we fly all above the clouds. We'd be there in ten minutes, and no one would be any the wiser. Um, I said no, Arthur. Not in broad daylight. Um, so they reach King's Cross at a quarter to eleven, and as we all know, the train leaves at eleven on the dot. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Weasley dashed across the road to get trolleys for their trunks. Harriet caught the Hogwarts Express the previous year. That's all summary. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, they, so they, they, so they you have idea. to get in without the muggles noticing you vanish. So Mrs. Weasley, Percy first, looking nervously at the clock. Percy strode through. Mr. Weasley went next. Fred That's and George where they followed. Went wrong. That's what they yes. went wrong right there. Why? I'll take Ginny and you two come right after us. No. Bad plan. No. It should have went Percy, Fred and George, Mrs. Weasley Ginny, and Ginny, Harry and Ron, Ron, Mr. Weasley. Bringing up the and rear. Like, and, you know, we'll see the rest of the chapter and, like, how, like, other choices are worse than this. But, like, in terms, this is the in first... terms of preventative measures, like, yeah. this was, like, the one This where, is like, the one time where, yeah, we started you know, off with it going wrong. Right. And, you know, like, plot and whatever, but, like... Great plan number four. Come on, parents. Come on. Like, you got seven kids. You... This, yeah. This is the thing. That so, you know. Ron says to Harry, let's go together. And Harry makes sure that Hedwig's cage is safely wedged on top of his trunk so that, you know, Hedwig isn't... It's secure in there. Right. And they crash into the barrier. Both trolleys hit the barrier, bounced backwards. Ron's trunk fell off with a loud thump, and Harry was knocked off his feet. Hedwig's cage bounced with people all around them staring um, as she shrieked indignantly. What in the blazes do you think you're doing? Lost control of the trolley, Harry gasps as he talks to the guard. Ron runs to pick up Hedwig, who was causing such a scene that there was a lot of murmuring about cruelty to animals from the surrounding crowd. 
Um, Hedwig has the worst day today. Like, you know, like the first uh, chapter is like the worst birthday. So it's Harry's worst birthday. This is like Hedwig's worst day ever. Yeah. She is just. She's just like fed. And actually, like her worst summer. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Hedwig is. Hedwig is like, what did I do? I'm a beautiful, snowy owl. Right. Why am I stuck with these muggles that suck and they ain't feeding me? And then I go to the burrow and I got this old ass arrow trying to hit it. And I'm like, nah. I don't want no part of that. No. You ain't, like, look, there's cat daddy. There's cat daddy, and then there's just, like, this is some, like, you about to die. This is some Anna Nicole Smith stuff that I am just not at all. And, like, that first episode of Down Abbey. Right? Just, like, I am not, I am, I like older men's, men's, I like older owls, but nah, bruh, you too old. You can't. You can't, No. Okay. Can't even, can't take care of yourself. No. So then she's like, all right, finally getting away from Arrow, right? Like, I'm about to go back to Hogwarts, meet up with my, my owl homies. And I'm crashing to barriers? Stuck in this cage? And then also later, we'll talk about that. Like, we'll talk about that. She's having it rough. Let's pour one out for Hedwig. Hedwig is tired of your shit, Harry. Yeah, pretty much. Get your life together. Um, so. Why can't we get through Harry, his Ron? I don't know. Ron looked wildly around, um... A dozen curious people were still watching them. We're going to miss the train. I don't understand why the gateway sealed itself. Um, so they're like waiting, and then um, it's a. But they're barely waiting. It turned. Like, it was so they got. Seconds. It they, was ten seconds. They Nine got seconds. there quarter to eleven, right? Mm-hmm. So then Ron asked Harry, "Do you have any Muggle money?" And Harry's like, "The Dursleys haven't given me pocket money in about six years," which is also goes. Hmm. They but you're 12, give- so why are they giving pocket money to a six-year-old, not 12-year-old? I'm more surprised at the fact that they like gave ever gave you pocket money. money? money? It's probably so. that like uh, what are they uh, the pence that he got right. for his birthday? That ain't pocket money. You can't no, buy nothing with that. Buy shit. Um, so Ron presses ear to the barrier. Can't hear a thing. What are we going to do? I don't know how long it'll take mom and dad to get back to us. Um, I think we better go and wait by the car, said Harry. We're attracting too much attention. And I'm like, yes. Good go plan, wait, Harry. Go wait by the car. Harry, said Ron, his eyes gleaming. The car. Harry, Ron is like a terrible influence on mm-hmm. like, all of his friends. The car. What about it? We can fly the car to Hogwarts. Great no, plan. you cannot. Absolutely not. Great plan, um, Ron. But I thought, we're stuck, right? And we've got to get to school, haven't we? And even underage wizards are allowed to use magic if, in a we- if it's a real emergency. Section 19 or something of the restriction of thingy. I really like that. Um, so, I like, though, that, like, Ron can, in a crisis, can remember the international statute for breeding, for dragon breeding or whatever. He, like, knows the exact oh, yeah. whatever. But, but like, then, not, the, not, like, the statute of... Section 19 is something of the restriction of wizarding whatever. Like, he um, just wants to fly that goddamn car. He really does. He That's the, that is where his brain stops. Um, but, but your yeah, mom and dad, how will they get home? They don't need a car. They know how to apparate. You know, just vanish and reappear home. They only bother with flu powder in the car when we're all underage and not allowed to apparate yet. It's like, um, no, still, like, they could apparate two cars and we can wait for them and then they'd get there. They're not going to leave the If they can apparate home, they could apparate to the car. Um, come on, Ron. You need to use your, your critical thinking. Your medulla oblongata. Um, Harry's feeling of panic suddenly turned into excitement. No, it shouldn't. See, and this is why they did it. Yep. Like, if let's call a thing a thing and bring in the Hogwarts Guidance Counselor. No, we're not going to do that. They're not at Hogwarts yet, so no. I mean, also not at Hogwarts, but, like, also not now. Beloved. No. He shouldn't have done this, basically. They're, he shouldn't have. Like, they're just really they, excited, and, like, we'll see in, like, I think the next page, like... They're all, they're they're all, all about, juiced like, for the adventure, exactly. and they're not at all thinking about the consequences of their actions. Right. So they, like, go to the car. Um, 
Ron, like, uses Wanda to unlock, unlock it and, like, start the car, because, like, at this point, he's just like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> just, we're using magic. We're going rogue. We're going rogue! Um, we're, we'll do it live! Right. <laughs> um, we'll so, do it live! <laughs> that was real loud. That was very loud. <laughs> um, so, Ron presses the tiny silver button on the dashboard. The car around them vanished, and so did they. Harry could feel the seat vibrating beneath them, hear the engine, feel his hands on his knees and his glasses on his nose, but for all he could see, he had become a pair of eyeballs floating a few feet above the ground in a dingy street full of parked cars. I don't understand why his eyeballs didn't turn invisible, but... I just think it's a way for them to, like, I'm sure they're invisible to other people, but you need to be able to, like, kind of see who they are. I don't know. It just seems... It seems weird... Only because we've seen invisibility in other places and we see it later and it's like, it just didn't quite get to the eyes. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, we can see that it's faulty, so maybe that's like a part of it being faulty. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was strange. So yeah, so that was just like a random thing that bothered me, but whatever. <laughs> um, so they like go, they start to fly over London. Um, the whole London lay smoky and glittering below them. And um, then there was a popping noise and the car, Harry and Ron reappeared. Uh-oh. It's faulty. Um, both of them pummeled it. The car vanished and it flickered back again. Um, so they're just like frantically trying to make sure that they're not seen by muggles. Um, but which you know, they fail. They do which we'll find out later. They will. So they shoot straight into a low woolly cloud and everything turned dull and foggy. Um, so um, yeah, so they try to go find the train. They find it. Um, it's going due north and so they decide they're going to check it every half an hour or so um, just so that they can like make, make sure they're on the right, right track. track. Um, and they shot up through the clouds. A minute later, they burst out into the blaze of sunlight. It was a different world. The wheels of the car skimmed the sea of the fluffy cloud, and sky a, the sky a bright, endless blue under the blinding white sun. Um, shout out to, like, all this description. I'm yeah. all about it. All we've got to worry about now are airplanes, said Ron. They looked at each other and started to laugh. For a long time, they couldn't stop. It was as though they had been plunged into a fabulous dream. This, thought Harry, was surely the only way to travel, past swirls and turrets of snowy cloud in a car full of hot, bright sunlight, with a fat pack of toffees in the gloved compartment, and the prospect of seeing Fred and George's jealous faces when they landed smoothly and spectacularly onto the sleeping lawn in front of Hogwarts Castle. Which is, I think, apropos that the first thing he thinks of is seeing Fred and George's faces when they land, and they're thinking about landing in glory. So then, several uneventful hours later, Harry had to admit that the fun was wearing off, and then he starts to think about, you like, know, the real questions, like, real why hadn't they been able to get on the platform, on the, pl- on the platform? Can't be much further, can it, croaked Ron hours, still, hours later, still, ready for another check on the train. It was still right below them, winding its way past a snow-capped mountain. It was much darker beneath the canopy of clouds. So... The it's just like engines begin to whine, and Ron says it's probably just tired. It's never been this far before. Um, just really quickly, like the whole like thing, them being really excited initially, and then like they're like, oh yeah, this is taking hours, and like we're hot and we're tired, and like that shit. We don't have anything to drink, and we don't have any food, and we can't. Yeah, it's not like we can stop and pull over at McDonald's because there's no Sky McDonald's. (laughs) So, um, they ate a bunch of just like road trips, man, and then you're sick because you've just been eating candy all day, and like, man, it's your fault, so you know, you should have thought about deal with it. So, the car begins to whine louder and louder as the sky becomes steadily darker. Uh, Ron starts to pat the car, not far, not far now. 
And I think it's really funny that they are already starting to, like, treat the car with, like, the car has, like, personification. And um, this happens a lot with magical items uh, Mm -hmm. or magical artifacts um, where they, I think, imbuing magic into them also gives them some sort of, like, personality or temperament or something like that, which is how you end up with the rogue teapots that we heard about or things like that. So, um, there, Harry shouted straight ahead, silhouetted in darkness, they see Hogwarts Castle. So the engine groans, nearly there, nearly there, and they were over the lake. The castle was right ahead when Ron put his foot down. There was a loud clunk, a splutter, and the engine died completely. Struggle. Struggle bus. Um... Sorry, these pictures were not in the right place. Okay. <laughs> um, so, um, they're falling, gathering speed, heading straight for the solid castle wall. Um, no, yelled Ron. Um, swinging the steering wheel around, they missed the dark stone wall by inches as the car turned in a great arc, soaring above the dark greenhouses, then the vestibule patch, and then out over the black lawns, losing altitude all the time. Um, Ron is, like, freaking out. He pulls out his wand, and he's, like, hitting the dashboard, like, stop, stop, stop. Watch out for that tree! Um, it was too late. They, like, crashed into, um, the tree. Are you okay, Ron? Or Harry said urgently. My wand, Ron said in a shaky voice. Look at my Ron. It had snapped almost into the tip dangling limply, held on by a few splinters. Which, like, why did you pull out your wand? Great plan. Great plan. I mean, I think he just thought he was going to be able to, like, stop it because, like, he was stop, hitting it. stop, stop is a spell, apparently, in his head. I mean, you know, sometimes people, like, freak out and it's, like, pressure yes. and you're about to crash and just, like, ah! Which is really this funny, like, duality with Ron, where sometimes under pressure he comes up clutch, right? Mm -hmm. And then other times he does things like, stop, 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 or lucky we didn't panic when it comes to double snare. Right. Um, And then it's like, yo, you don't have a wand anymore. You don't have a wand. You're just gonna, like, finish your education. Yeah, so Harry opened his mouth to say he was sure they'd be able to mend it, but he never got started. At that very moment, something hit the side of the car with the force of a charging bull. Um, Ron gasped, staring through the windshield, and Harry looked around just in time to see a branch as thick as a python smash into it. The tree they had hit was attacking them. Uh, hold on real quick. I recently saw a documentary, a nature documentary, and pythons, like, at first I was like, oh, that's interesting. No, no, no. This python ate a freaking deer or a mongoose or something like that and just, like, <laughs> swallowed it, and the pressure just pressed it down into its stomach and then just was, like, chilling with something like five times its size in its stomach. Just, uh, the, as sick as a python thing is real, y'all. Like, good, like, good descriptor, but also scary. Scary as fuck. (laughs) Just go Um, look at a python and just, you know, really look at one and then you'll realize the Whopping Willow don't play no games. No, because it's like attacking them. And they're trying to figure out how to, how to get out. It's not balls or pummeling every inch of the car. Mm-hmm. And so Ron's like, wait, run for it. But the next second, he'd be knocked backward into Harry's lap by a vicious uppercut from another branch. Reverse, Harry yelled, and the car shot backward. The tree was still trying to hit them. And they could hear its roots creaking as it almost ripped itself up, lashing out at them as I they sped that. out of reach. I think I missed that when I was yeah. like, reading it pretty much every single time. Just thinking, like, could you imagine the whopping willow like coming out of its roots and just like stomping like, around? I also read that this would be thing. amazing, but also super scary, and I don't know how. Not a children's yeah, book. No. Um, so I also that reminds me too of this thing I was reading or saw about um, Bo Jackson, the uh, football player. At, 
baseball player, just amazing athlete. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Bo was so strong and yet so fast that he literally was ripping his own muscles. Because when they would go to tackle him, he was still strong enough and fast enough that his momentum would, like, be, you know, like, the tackling would kind of stop him, but his momentum would keep going, and it would, like, tear at him. And that's why he had to retire early, because he was too strong for his own body. What the fuck? How? Um... I mean, I know there's, like, science, but still. How? Yeah. So, <laughs> um, that was close. Pat, and well-done car, panted Ron. The car, however, had breached the end of its tether. With two sharp clunks, the doors flew open, and Harry felt his seat tip sideways. Next thing he knew, he was sprawled on the damp ground. Loud thuds told him the car had ejected their luggage from the trunk. Hedwig's cage flew through the air and burst open. She rose out of it with an angry screech and sped off toward the castle, Without a, a backward, backward look, because Harry is, I mean, Hedwig. Tired, tired of, she's sick and tired. She's sick of the bullshit. It's just like, what the fuck is this? Y'all need to get it together. Why did you, why did you buy me? Like, why, ha- he, she probably went to Hagrid to just like peck his eyes out or some shit. Like, what did you do? Why did you give me to this kid? Yeah. <laughs> Looking longingly over at like Malfoy, like, I know you a punk, but at least I would be comfortable. Right. I wouldn't be over here in like some cars flying, getting crashed, not getting fed, having to be attacked by a tree just like it's it's not worth it yeah it's not um so the the car (laughs) at the same has also had enough the car is like dented Um, scratch and steaming rumbled off into the darkness it's rear lights blazing angrily like fuck this shit i'm out as well i'm out (laughs) um Come back, Ron yelled. Dad, dad'll kill me. And I'm like, bro, he was already you he, stole. You the already car. dead. So I don't understand like why this you this particular. Also, like, what did you where think? He had the thought that he was gonna kill you. Like, did you? What did you think he was gonna do when he finds out that you that took the car? Just come on. All right. Can you believe our luck? Said Ron miserably. Yeah, yeah, I can. Mm-hmm. Of all the trees we could have hit, we had to get the one that hit back. He glanced over his shoulder at the ancient tree, which was still flailing its branches, threatening. Come on, said Harry wearily. We'd better get up to school. Um, it wasn't at all the triumphant arrival they had pictured. Um, stiff, cold, and bruised, they seized the end of their trunks and began dragging them up the grassy slope toward the great oak front doors. Um, they see that the feast has already started, and they go, like, peek and, like, lurk by the window, because they're creepers. It's cool. Um... Through the um, okay, yeah. Through the forest of black pointed black Hogwarts hats, Harry saw a long line of scared-looking first years filling filling into the hall, filing into the hall. Jenny was among them, easily visible because of her vivid Weasley hair. Oh, uh, he can spot her in a crowd, but also she just has like really bright ass hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like you're gonna be romantic, but also like nah, bro, your hair is bright as fuck. Um, everybody can pick you out in a crowd. Yeah. Um, so. Um, a, scared, on. a very oh. small mousy haired boy had been called forward to place the hat on his head. Colin. Shout out to Colin, who we're gonna see in the next uh, what's it called? Chapter. Chapter, thank you. <laughs> I was like episode. Now I'm calling all the chapters episodes and I'm like, um, no. Um, <laughs> not until it gets adapted to the television. That's like me whenever people are like, Oh, you like Harry Potter? I I didn't really see all of them. I'm like, you know they're books. Yeah. You don't see them, you read them. Right. Apparently now we listen to them. Or you listen cool. to them. Yeah. Or you listen to ourselves. Um, <laughs> Which sounds super narcissistic, but whatever. So, here, um, Harry looks up, uh, and he sees several seats along, Gilderoy Lockhart dressed in robes of aqua marine, and at the end of the table was Hagrid, huge and hairy, drinking deeply from his goblet. Hang on, 
There's an empty chair at the staff table. Where's Snape? Maybe he's ill, said Ron, hopefully. Maybe he's left, said Harry, because he missed out on the Defense Against the Dark Arts job again. Or maybe he's been sacked. I mean, everyone hates him. Or maybe, said a very cold voice right behind them. He's waiting to hear why you two didn't arrive on the school train. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Um, So Harry spins around and he sees Snape. Um, He's smiling in a way that told Harry he and Ron were in very deep trouble. So we're not going to get into the portion of this episode where we just talk about how Snape is a fuckboy and needs to get his life together. Fuckboy is such a good descriptor of Snape. Yeah, he's... I don't even know if I made that up. I think I think I've. Just, that might just be. I a mean, thing. it's just a thing. It just because is. it's so true. It, it is. is. It's the truth. Um, you said it, and I was like, "Yup." <laughs> you are correct. Correct. Um, so follow me, said Snape, and without even daring to look at each other, they follow him and they go down to the to his office in the dungeons. He led them away from the warmth. And down to his cold ass dungeon. I mean, and so like this smiling, is gonna, right? And so this is like a thing we're gonna talk about um, um, multiple times, <laughs> especially like I think we'll talk about it again, like when we watch the movie. Um, but in the movie, so like you know, we're all supposed to like not like Snape or whatever. Um, but you know, like Alan Rickman is Alan Rickman, and he's awesome. But whatever. So it's like even just the way that he's written in the movie, like in this moment. He's more pissed off than he is, like, happy that he gets to, like, get Harry and Ron in trouble. This, like, this, like, Snape in the book, he's, The real like, Snape? He's, Fuck like, Snape? I get, he's, like, ooh, I got them. I finally got them. They're gonna be yeah. expelled. I get to, like, be, you know what I mean? I get to bully them because, and they're, like, justified because they, like, just did some bullshit versus... Alan Rickman Snape, who's like, yo, you were just seen by all these muggles. You just, like... Threaten the existence of our world. And now, like, what do you have to say for yourself? Which is all, like, you right. Which is all legit. All legit. If that was what they were getting right now, I'd be like, yes, I'm (laughs) co-signing. But for this, I'm like, why are you smiling? Like, if you're going to be an adult and you're going to, like, discipline some kids, you can't take pleasure out of that. That's, like, not... It's also, it's a thing about, and we'll see, too, when um, McGonagall comes, and when you are so hateful like that, you you lose all credibility in general because they just, they are not even listening to you. And, like, yeah, you got some valid points. Mm -hmm. And you have every reason to be upset with them because they have made some dumbass decisions. Right, but you don't... And I am Team Harry, like, all the way, and I'm, like, I'm Team Trio all the way. And I'm like, y'all stupid. They just do some dumb This shit. is dumb. This was dumb for no reason. But, but your mom likes to say. Of, right. Instead of starting off in like, what, what are you, like how McGonagall starts and we'll see. Instead he goes, so, the train isn't good enough for the famous Harry Potter and his faithful sidekick Weasley. Wanted to arrive with a bang. Did we, boys? No, sir. It was a barrier at King's Cross. It silenced. What have you done with the car? Which is like, you need to know, like... There, this is the kind of situation where you would want to hear their side, right? Like, and like, even if it makes no sense, like, which at least it doesn't. Later, like, we'll see McGonagall and Dumbledore both listen to their story and like what happened, and then they're like, "So you know you fucked up, right?" Like, they, <laughs> at least they like listen and they give them a voice to like explain themselves, even mm-hmm. if their like explanation is like. And it's also valid. a teachable moment of like, if you guys would have just stopped, thought for. And for, for five minutes. Right. And not just the 10 seconds after you yeah. the train had left. If you would have thought all of your options through, we wouldn't be in this predicament. Exactly. So therefore, you're still in trouble. Mm-hmm. But at least now I understand like your, your, your mindset. Process, even if it was... And like, even if your thought process was non-existent, at least I know that it was not... You know, why? Exactly. 
You were seen, Snape hissed, showing him them the headline, Flying Ford Anglia Mystifies Muggles. Two muggles in London convinced they saw an old car flying over the post office tower. At noon in Norfolk, Mrs. Hetty Bayless was hanging out her washing. Mr. Angus Fleet of Peebles reported to police. Six or seven muggles in all. I believe your father works for in the misuse of muggle artifacts office, he said, looking at, up at Ron and smiling still more nastily. Dear, dear, his own son. Also, um, I want to point out that he shows them, he unrolls today's issue of the Evening Prophet, which we right. learn on Pottermore, I believe, that the Evening Prophet only comes out when, like, big yeah, news comes happen. So, so they that's have, how serious, like, yeah. in addition to, like, yeah, Snape is being, like, horrible, but it's, like, a big-ass deal. Yeah, like, happening. six or seven people saw a flying car, and so, and have been talking about it, right. and need to then get, like, their minds warped or mm-hmm. some men in some black shit cards, like exactly. ob- uh, ob- obliviate thank you mm-hmm. the men in black spell yeah um but yeah this is like another example of this is a big deal mm-hmm. but continue snape continue being a fuckboy. right go ahead it's like take it seriously like if you're gonna be an adult and you're actually gonna like he doesn't actually care about that's the thing. It's like he doesn't actually care about what happened. He cares about the fact that they did it, and he can. And that's what he and that he can punish them, yes. or at least like to the extent that he can. Um, Harry felt as though he had been walled in the stomach by one of the mad tree's larger branches. If anyone found out Mr. Weasley had bewitched the car, he hadn't thought of that. It's like again, yeah, you have to think about what's happening. Like it's. I mean, we can. We'll probably talk about it more in the next chapter, but just like. He, like, the Weasleys did so much for him in the summer, and for him, like, just the way that he repaid them is, like... Not okay. Horrible. And another thing is, like, when they first realized that the invisibility booster is faulty, they, they were on the them. ground. They could have just abandoned that plan. No, like, I think they had already started to fly. Oh. And then it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, but they could have... <laughs> but they could have been like, oh, just kidding. Just kidding. And, like, maybe it would have been solved by one person instead of the six or seven, or, exactly. you know. So, um... um I noticed in my search of the park that considerable damage seems to have been done to a very valuable Whomping Willow. That treated more damage to us than we, Ron blurted out. Silence. Um, Most unfortunately, you are not in my house, and the decision to expel you does not rest with me. I shall go and fetch the people who do have that happy power. You will wait here. And also, it's like happy power. No one should be happy Happy about expelling anyone. Because if you were a teacher, and yes, like... Snape is complicated, and the reason why he's still at Hogwarts is for a myriad of things. But he's still a fuck He's a teacher, and like, if you're gonna be a teacher. You're not. A, you're not. Like, his 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 day to day is not spying for Voldemort, especially right now. Like, right now, he, he he's just under the protection of Dumbledore, mm-hmm. and like using that power, and like they have an arrangement that if. And when Voldemort comes back, he's going to be expected to do some shit. Right. But right now, all you're expected to do is teach children. And any teacher should be horrified at the the idea of having to expel students and what their future is going to look like. Like, look at Hagrid. You know what I mean? Like, Harry starts thinking, like, maybe Hagrid... I don't know if it, this is this one. Like, maybe Hagrid needs help at, as caretaker. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. their future is starting to look really fucking bleak. They're going to get, ex- like, if they are going to get expelled, it's going to be, they, they have had one year of magical learning. Mm-hmm. One year. So they're pretty much, like, they're fucked. Yeah. They've, um, it's what, like, Lucius Malfoy said in earlier chapters, I hope that they, he you know, that Draco amounts to more than, like, a petty thief. Well, that is right. what is probably the fate of Harry and Ron. Now with Mundungus. Yeah. Um, 
And, like, Harry and Ron are, like, convinced they're going to be expelled because, um, if Snape had gone to fetch professional, if Snape had gone to fetch Professor McGonagall, head of Gryffindor House, they were hardly any better off. She might be fairer than Snape, but she was still extremely strict. Um. Ten minutes later, Snape returned, sure enough, with Professor McGonagall. Um, sit, she said, explain, her glasses glinting ominously. Um, so Ron tells her to tell him the story, and he goes, so we had no choice, Professor. We couldn't get on the train. Why didn't you send in a letter by Al? I believe you have an Al, McGonagall said coldly to Harry. Harry gaped at her. Now that she said it, that seemed like the obvious thing to have done. I, I didn't think. That, said Professor McGonagall, is obvious. <laughs> Shout bro. out to McGee. Bro. Laying it down, but also laying it down, like, in a teachable way. Right. Like, Harry and, like, just... She's very clearly disappointed and upset and angry, but she's not taking, like, op- pleasure. Not taking pleasure from doing and it. And it's one of those like, things, where... Like, she's angry. She's not like, ooh, look what I get to. Like, this <laughs> She's is not fun. smiling with glee. Right. And, like, that's another thing where, um, as, like, when you're a kid, and I mean, I think even today, it's like when my mom or dad were, when they were mad at me, that was nothing compared to when they were disappointed I mean, we're in me. That. You know what I mean? And, and but yeah, like, and so, um, like when there's a knock on the door and headmaster Professor Dumbledore comes in. Um, Harry's whole body went numb. Dumbledore was looking unusually grave. Um, there was a long silence. Then Dumbledore said, please explain why you did this. Harry it hated, been better. Oh. oh, sorry. It would have been better if he had shouted, Harry hated the disappointment in his voice. Um, so it's like the same, that's like what you were saying. It's just like, the fact that Dumbledore is there and is like disappointed in them and is like upset at them. And especially he's not like, what, like, why did you do this? All about, he's just like, please explain. Like, he's just like, what? What, what I mean? on earth could you have been thinking? Right. And it's so, it's like a very similar, it's like another moment that when Harry has this um, feeling um, in Half-Blood Prince when he's like, when he, like, doesn't do his homework for, like, his, like, secret class that he has with Dumbledore, um, like, getting the memory from Slughorn. I was gonna say that was and very, like, cryptic Secret for, class does sound like... Like, for no... Like, pre- I'm, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. But it, is, no, I'm saying, but it is, like, his secret class. No, I know, I know, I know. I mean, like, that in the context of the book, not, like, in that I wasn't gonna tell you. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so he has, like, this other class of Dumbledore where he's trying to, like, learn about Horcruxes and Voldemort's, like, whole, like, pathology. Um, and so it's just, like... I said it in a mocking way, even though that was, like, the appropriate word. I don't understand oh! why your voice, like, why your face Hogwarts guidance counselor Fix making face. a... Fix your face. Um, anyway. The, the pathology! No. Um, so anyway, it's just, like, a similar thing where, like, he forgets, um... He just forgets to do this thing that's, like, really important, and then he's like, oh, shit, like, I should have... And I've disappointed, yeah, I've disappointed my, someone who's like my mentor, somebody who I respect a lot, and yeah. like his grandfather figure. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. So um, Ron says, "We'll go and get our stuff." What are you talking about? Oh, really quick. Oh. Um, Harry tells Dumbledore everything except that Mister Weasley owned the butch car, making it sound as though he and Ron had happened to find the flying car parked outside the station. Um, so he's trying to protect Mister Weasley as much as he can at this moment. Even yeah. Though, like at this point, he's fucked up. It's like. But crazy. Dumbledore, being Dumbledore, asked no questions about the car, so that right. was cool. And he probably um, knew anyway. Yeah. Like, I mean, they all knew. Yeah. Uh, we'll go get our stuff set, Ron. What are you talking about, Weasleys? Barked Professor McGonagall. Nick G. Well, you're expelling us, aren't you? And like, look at Ron's already like because of fuckboy Snape. Ron is like he's resigned really, like, himself. I mean, but it's like that. But then also, like they know how yeah. serious what they like at this point well now they, they know yeah like how serious what like um their actions mm-hmm. are 
Um, not today, Mr. Weasley said Dumbledore, but I must impress upon you both, or upon both of you, the seriousness of what you have done. I will be writing to both your families tonight. I must also warn you that if you do anything like this again, I will have no choice but to expel you. Snape looked as though Christmas had been canceled. He cleared his throat and said, Professor Dumbledore, these boys have flouted the degree, the decree for the restriction of under underage withdrawal, caused serious damage to an old and valuable tree. Surely acts of this nature... It will, it will be for Professor McGonagall to decide these boys' punishment, Severus, said Dumbledore calmly. They are in her house and are therefore her responsibility. Um, I must, and then you, like, take Snape and they go back to the feast. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So then McGonagall says, uh, you'd better get along to the hospital wing, Weasley. You're bleeding. Not much, said Heasley. I wanted to watch my sister being sorted. The sorted ceremony is over. Your sister is also in Gryffindor. And speaking of Gryffindor... Um, and Harry cut in. Professor, when we took the car, term hadn't started. So, so Gryffindor shouldn't really have points taken from it, should it? He finished watching her anxiously. Um, Professor McGonagall gave him a piercing look, but he was sure she had almost smiled. Um, I will not take any points from Gryffindor, but you will both get a detention. Um, which is like, man, I mean, that, that, that's a lot. <laughs> like, that's, I mean, it makes sense that they wouldn't get points taken, because again, like, they weren't, like... Yeah. But, you know, they're still going to get a punishment. So just shout out to, like, McGonagall for, you know, she's yeah. fair. She's like, very fair. But also, I want to say, though, it's like, I don't remember what Harry does. He does something. But he gets a series of detentions. And I feel like this was is... Was that in this one? I feel like it was in this I don't one. Think it is. But it might I, be... No, the, no, no. It it's might be... his detention, it comes, like, way later, because his detention is, like, the thing with Lockhart, where he's, like, the Oh, yeah. So, again, it's, like, not even a detention. Like, what the... The fuck kind of detentions y'all got Hogwarts? It's like yeah. anything from going into the Forbidden Forest, like after a dark, with the person that you're like the reason that you're in detention <laughs> in the first place, to like just like signing fan letters. Like, I doubt that like Lockhart some, need, told some, them that like, that's what they were going to be doing. No, obviously, but. but I just mean like they need some, um, they need like levels, yeah, of like like punishment fitting the crime type yeah. thing. Like, what they did here was way worse than what they did in the last book, and, like, the punishments are, like, skewed in, like, weird-ass ways. <laughs> well, and, like, I'm sure, though, to Harry, going to the Forbidden Forest was better than signing fan letters. I mean, but, yeah, like, Lockhart's the worst, but I just mean, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know. In, like, an objective way, and not yes. in, like, actually Lockhart is, like, a horrible person, so, like, yes. Um, <laughs> but I also want to point out, though, that, like, I, I'm not sure, because I, I, I feel like it was before Umbridge, because Umbridge had continuous detentions and they were terrible and that was her own fuck no, fuckiness. I don't think had any other continuous detentions until then. Oh, okay. That and then um, Half the Prince after he uses Second Simper, which is my least favorite chapter in all And also he should have been Harry expelled. Potter. So... He should have. Man, Harry and this... She's, it's not even white. I mean, like, it's not even... Harry white, and the like, privilege of being the chosen Harry, one. Harry, yeah, chosen one privilege. <laughs> Harry and he his own one set of, like, systems <laughs> of oppression. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, just him. Um... <laughs> Harry and the boy, you couldn't get expelled if you tried. Exactly. Um, so you will both get detention. I also want to point out, McGonagall says, you will eat in here and then go straight up to your dormitories. I must also return to the feast. And she had a large plate of sandwiches, two silver goblets with iced pumpkin juice appeared with a pop. And she also turned on the fire because it's fucking cold in the mm-hmm. dungeons. But I want to point out that she says, you will eat in here because I think she acknowledges you're not going to walk into the Great Hall and get some hero's reception right. and forget about all of the shit that you just caused. Because I know, like, 
Fred and George have no chill, and kids in general are just gonna be like, "That was cool," that was awesome. and then they're not but they're not thinking of like how serious the matter is, and like, yeah, I think she wanted to impress upon them how serious what they did is, on top of also not letting them like be hero worshipped. Yeah, and they'll get that a little bit from Gryffindor, especially because they don't get points taken away, and we'll mm-hmm. see that in a couple of pages. Um, but because they've already gotten knocked down a couple of pe- a lot of pegs from McGonagall and Dumbledore, then they don't, it doesn't allow them to fully, like, forget all the lessons they learned. Also, shout out to Hermione and Percy, because they are also, like, fuck, yeah. bruh. But, um, McGee starts this with the, like, you're gonna eat in here, and then you're gonna go straight to your dormitory. Exactly. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so they eat in the in the dungeon, and they make their way up to Gryffindor Tower. Um, they come to the fat lady, and it says, uh, password, she asked, or said Harry, um, <laughs> there you are. Where have you been? Oh, yeah, they didn't know the password, so they basically yeah. just like stuck for a minute. Yeah. But luckily, Hermione came in. There Gosh. you are. Where have you been? The most ridiculous rumors. Someone said you've been expelled for crashing a flying car. Well, well we haven't been expelled, expelled, Harry assured her. You're not telling me you you did fly here, said Hermione, sounding almost as severe as Professor McGonagall. Skip the lecture, said Ron impatiently, and tell us the new password. It's Waddlebird, but that's not the point. Her words were cut short um, as a portrait of a fat lady swung open, and there was a sudden storm of clapping. It looked as though the whole of Gryffindor Tower or Gryffindor House was still awake, packed in the circular common room, standing on the lopsided tables and squashy armchairs, waiting for them to arrive. Um, brilliant, yelled Lee Jordan. Shout out to Lee. Shout out to Lee. Um, inspired. What an entrance. Flying a car right into the Whomping Willow. People will be talking about that one for years. Good for you, said a fifth-year Harry had never spoken to. Someone was patting him on the back as though he'd just won a marathon. Fred and George pushed their way to the front of the crowd and said together, why couldn't we've come in the car, eh? I also want to take this moment before we, um... I'm going to read this, but mm-hmm. Ron was scarred in the face, grinning, embarrassed, but Harry could see one person who didn't look happy at all. Percy was visible over their heads with some excited first years. He seemed to be trying to get near enough to start telling them off. Harry nudged Ron in the ribs and nodded in Percy's direction, and they got the point. Got to get upstairs, bit tired. Um, Ron doesn't learn fucking lessons. Like, no. I love him so much, and he's, like, a, there's so much good in Ron. But Ron's, like, right away, um, she didn't want to showing off, doesn't want people to think it's clever arriving by flying car, because he still kind of thinks mm-hmm. it's clever. Of course and he he's is. like, And he's like, can you believe our luck? Fred and George must have flown that car five or six times, and no muggle ever saw them. Why couldn't we get through the barrier? It's like, right. yeah, they might have flown the car five or six times, but that it was wrong when they did it. And it's wrong now. And it's now. wrong now. Now you got caught, so it's even more of a problem, but, like, yeah. it was wrong both times because of the risk. The, like, because of the, the risk, and Ron is and only... And it's also dangerous. Like, you saw all this shit you yeah. just went through. You just got beat the fuck up by a tree. Right? Like... How do you get jumped by a tree, He just never takes though? the right lessons how, from anything. How, how do you get jumped by a tree? <laughs> like, that's just straight up karma. That's some Kanye you knew stuff. you weren't supposed to do, right? all of a sudden you're getting attacked by a tree. Karma is a boa constrictor... To the face or getting beat up by a tree. It is. So if you're a muggle, boa constrictor. If you're a wizard. It's the magical tree. It's a magical tree. It's like real like vindictive and cantankerous. <laughs> I really like that word. Cantankerous um, not. Um, but yeah, so I just wanted to point out that Ron still doesn't quite get it. No. So they managed to get to the other side of the common room 
and have, having their back slapped, they hurried up um, and reached their old dormitory, which now had a sign on it saying second years. They entered the familiar circular room um, and Ron guilt, guiltily at Harry. I know I shouldn't have enjoyed that or anything, but... Um, the dormitory door flew open and in came the other second year Gryffindor boys, Seamus Finnegan, Dean Thomas, and Neville Longbottom. Um, unbelievable, beamed Seamus. Cool, said Dean. He was like, <laughs> that was all right. Um, amazing, right. said Neville, awestruck. Harry couldn't help it. He grinned too. I mean, yeah. like, idiots, but you know. Yeah. So Ron likes the attention from the twins, but he also likes standing out apart from the from twins. The tw- and like, then the and, Weasleys in general. And the Weasleys like, in like, general. And so this was like, another time where... And I mean, like, it was Harry, but it was Ron's car. Yeah. And like, oh, wow. That was a yawn. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> and, and I think, too, in terms of, like, the day-to-day, which we obviously aren't going to get to see, but Ron is going to be the one, like, touting it while Harry will be, like, tamping it down. Right. Like, so it is, in, in essence, Ron's triumph mm-hmm. in terms of, like, in, for the students who think it's I a mean, cool it, thing. it, sort of. Like, actually, no, because I actually did, I realized I just read it. He, it would have been if the howler didn't come. Right. I'm so excited for the howler. The howler is coming. My but for the the day yeah. or the night in between the howler, like, it's his triumph. Mm-hmm. It was his idea. He's going to take all the credit for it. You know that, like, Harry's going to try to go to sleep and Ron's going to be up talking to Seamus and Dean. So like, what happened? So what happened? Exactly. Go, and then we and crashed so we into was, a tree. And I was like, what the fuck? And I pulled my wand and I was like, stop. Yo, and then I was like reverse, but then after we reverse, that's what happened. What my what happened was I was trying to go with the tree, but then the tree was like nah, and then it broke. But you know, like it's cool. It was cool though. We had a lot of we had a lot of like you, know, you see, I got a cut, I got a scar, I got you know, scars. We got we got done a toffee. We was chilling. You know, you know, I saw this girl in a in an airplane, and she looked at me, and I gave her the nod, and she, she winked, and like, I winked what? back, and she was like, "What's up?" And I was like, "Yeah, just you know, cruising, right? Cruising in the, the clouds, clouds in my Fort <laughs> All right, so this chapter was a lot, and we have talked a lot. This so this is like a shorter episode than I expected because we just we talk a lot. Yeah. Um, um. So who was your MVP? McGonagall. Mick G. Enough said. Coming up with the win. She really should win all the things, but like, you know. Yeah. She's not in every chapter, which is why she can't. Which is a crime. That is very true. She should just appear. She should just be like, I'm I'm here and I see this bullshit. (laughs) Mr. Weasley, what are you doing? Oh, Um, okay. What's going on? Um, I also want to just say that like, no matter how many times Mick G puts the snackest down us, it's like, I love opposites, right? So I also bench Snape, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's because of the opposites that they hold in this chapter of, like, fuckboy Snape getting delight and glee out of a bad situation and a, taking a teachable moment and turning it into the least teachable thing, which is just, like, how to be petty 101. She's like, right. no one's going to sign up for that class. I don't want to take that class. <laughs> Like, I already, I got, my, my petty game is strong. Yeah. I, I woke mean, up like this. he's, like, petty on, like, a whole other level. He's petty on a whole so other level. The point where it's just, like, not even petty, it's just, like, you gotta get over yourself and, like, do some other shit. Yeah. How to not live life one-on-one. Yeah. Or whatever. And then here comes McGonagall with, like, how to be fair and understanding and how to make the best choices that you can one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And, like, how to, like, you know, have your shit together. And so I just think like those like especially in these chapter this chapter it was like stark contrast of how a good teacher and good role model and good person and a person with her head on her shoulders and like 
you know, she's just the best. Yeah. How she handles a bad situation and makes kind of the best out of a bad situation and a teachable moment out of a bad situation. And then fuck boy Snape. Pretty much. Um, I benched Ron and Harry just because, like, yeah. they they were doing Houseway. Like, everything you did made zero sense, and you just, no, you're benched. You know what we can do? Not anything. We can steal the car. Because mom and dad can apparate. My mom so said can, I could. Yeah. My mom said I could I could take the car. Um, no, no, she didn't. All right. Why is Ron? Yeah. Ron. Ron, when your hey, arguments Molly, hey, are... Molly, did, did, Ron, did you say you brought to take the car? No? See? Told you. When your arguments remind us of Aminata, who is three... You gotta evaluate your life. You gotta evaluate your life choices, is all we're saying. Like, you know. So... It's just an important thing. That was chapter five, The Whomping Willow. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and um, going through this all with us. We will be back next week discussing chapter six, Gilderoy Lockhart. Um... And, you know, we'll also do our, like... We'll have a bonus. You'll hear us before Gilroy Lockhart, but, you know, we do, like, chapters. That's what's important. Yeah, that's the 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 bread and butter. That's the framework of our our thing. Obviously, you would know this by now because it's, like, chapter 23. Anyway. It's not um, chapter 23. It's episode episode 23. 23. You know, Chapters are not episodes, and episodes are not chapters. You know what's going to fuck me up, though, is because, like, the way we're doing this, but then also, like, Jane the Virgin, every single... um, like, shout out to anybody who watches Jane the Virgin, but every, like, episode is called, like, chapter, like, whatever. Oh, okay. So, I'm gonna, like, that's now yeah. gonna be, they're synonymous to me. So. Um, but, um, yeah, make sure to read and follow <laughs> along. Um, also, please let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched. Yeah, y'all have um, been slacking. Um, I don't know very many people who told us their real MVP and who was benched for last chapter, and in that case, then what we say goes. So, Ha. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, make sure to read and follow along. Let us know who you have as a real MVP and who you've benched. Check out our website. New posts come up Tuesdays and Thursdays, blackgirlsnerdout.com. We're on Twitter at WeBlackAndNerds, hashtag wizard team, hashtag WeBlackAndNerds. Bayana is at Yana underscore Hallows, and I am at Robin underscore Ravenclaw. Also, I will continue to be a Ravenclaw because we're not doing that sort of thing. No, we While are not doing no, no, is now no, no, no. the You're not, okay, so, Hufflepuff so the Hermione. Thing, the thing is, is that I am the Hufflepuff Hermione. We are going to talk about this like in more detail in the next, ep- in the bonus episode about why I've decided to claim Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff Hermione. I love that alliteration. That's awesome. It's good. Fuck with that. Um, but you don't have to change your thing. I'm not like, going to. Raven, uh, Robin underscore Griffin. That's weird. Because I'm not doing there's it. There's no alliteration. We are going to do it and, like, you can decide whether you want to reject it or not. I reject like, it. That's fine. But I'm just saying, we're going to see. I and did like, the... Again, and it doesn't have to... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I already knew for me, and, like, I just wanted to wait. But, like, for me, I was like, okay, if it's not something that I agree with, I'm going to reject it. It's not what it is, and I'm totally cool with that. So, I'm not going to make... Obviously, like, I don't think any of us are going to make you, like, be whatever they... I actually think that I will just be sorted into Ravenclaw because I am objectively a Ravenclaw. And that's fine. I'm weird as fuck. Yeah. I am, they use no, quirky to describe Ravenclaws, no. and how would you describe me? You're, yeah. I'm quirky as fuck. Yes. So I think you're fine. I don't think you should be afraid. I think you're good. I'm not doing it. I think you're going to do it. 
And the identity then, crisis is so strong right now. You don't even, the thing is, like, you're just being preemptive, preemptively anxious. That's because the last time I did the Pottermore one, I'm not gonna lie, guys, this is where the trust tree now. Um, the first time they sorted me in a Slytherin, and I was like, this will not stand! And then well, I did it again. Is, like, I did it again, and then I was Ravenclaw. So, so. you're probably a half stall or some shit. I'm not. See. We're gonna read this, like, we'll read this. I think I just was having mine. a bad day. I was annoyed with someone. I'm gonna read mine and explain why I decided to, like, go Hufflepuff, and you're, we're gonna figure out what yours is, and we can Raven explain Claw. why you do or do not accept whatever you get. I don't claim and it. And then we're also talk about the wizarding schools, and, like, I'm hoping kind of that, like, by the time we get to, like, recording, there'll be more information, but maybe not. Um, at the very least for the American wizarding school, because... Ilvermorny. Which we're, we'll talk about that as well. We'll just leave that for now. Why does it sound Let's, Irish? We're going to table it. Okay. And then, um, but yeah, so I think it'll be cool. We'll have like a lot of things. I don't even know how long it's going to take. Um, we are still planning. I mean, literally everything came out and we were like, so bonus episode needs to happen. Has to happen. And, and I was like, holy shit, like, what is all these things? I'm working and I can't even think about it. But now we can't think about it because... Now, actually, yeah, you so can't think about it because you have to go back. I mean, I have to go back, but I'm saying, like, <laughs> I'm less stressed because we at least mentioned it in this episode as opposed to, like, the last version where we didn't because it was before all that stuff went out. So I was like, how are we timely if we already recorded that? Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, that's it. So, uh, that thank you. Of, like, extra shit for, Thank like, you no for listening again. That's how you guys can see, like, our back, or, like, the back, like, how we, like, talk through things. Yeah, there's a little sneak peek into transparency. Our, yeah, a little Look sneak peek us. into our like mangled brains. Yeah. All right, have a great Wednesday, and I hope you have a great rest of rest of the week. West, west of the week. week. Um. Yeah. Ours are hard. Bye. <laughs>